Your Pass First point guard and trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's show, Sean Hyken is going to finish out our long chat of the week. If you missed the first two parts of this program or parts of this chat with Sean, they published earlier this week. They're waiting for you in your feed. We talked about the Blazers rotation, pretty much touched on all of the big news of the summer. Be sure to check those out. In today's show, we're playing games, though. An over-under game I, I, I devised for Sean. I devised it, too. I guess I set it up. I devised for Sean where we pick, where I set the over-under line, and he picks which side Blazers players will fall on. It's a bunch of fun. Check it out. Sean, do you want to play a game? Sure. All right, so we're gonna play over unders. I'm gonna give you an over under. You pick the line. I've got how many do I have here? I've got ten. That's eh, okay. less ten. Okay, let's start at the top with Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. Over under twenty eight and a half points this season. I'm gonna go right under. I'm gonna go at. He'll be at twenty eight. Yeah. So he averaged last time he was fully healthy. Averaged twenty eight point eight points. So I'm basically yeah. saying, will he get there again? I agree with you. Uh, better offensive talent around him. He's older. Uh, won't need to do as much. Yeah, and need to do as much. He's going to average twenty seven point eight points or something yeah, like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's about where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over under seven and a half assists for Dame. Over just because there's a lot more talent. I'm going to go under because everybody else dribbles. Sure. <laughs> Jeremy Grant's going to take two dribbles. He's going to sure. steal, he's going to steal some assists, but I think he's going to average seven plus. So seven and a half is, yeah. is yeah. yeah. Um, Yusuf Nurkic over under 3.4 assists per game. Under just because I think the minutes aren't going to get high enough to be yeah. because of injuries or whatever else. I think, I, I think, I think it's just a usage thing. Yeah. Uh, over under 1.03 point attempts per game for Nurk. Under, but not by that much. I think it's going <laughs> to like creep up towards one. It's, I think like a year from now, like, and I think actually like, as he, as he ages, you know, we're talking of, you know, this contract, like maybe two years from now, he's going to, you know, physically, if he doesn't want to bang as much, like we might, you know, a couple of years from now be talking about him taking that many threes, but I, th- I don't think it's going to quite get there this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I also like if Nurk never shot an above or break three pointer again, that is fine with me. Like I am, I do not need to see my man bomb away from three. <laughs> it doesn't, it's, um, there's a reason you're open, my dude. There's a reason you're open, but you know, there's been guys like Jonas Valanciunas who kind of like all of a sudden became a three point launcher and was like, it became a real weapon for him. Obviously Brooke Lopez is the one that everyone points to a guy who kind of reinvented himself. It's not unheard of. Um, but for me, Nurk is good at other stuff and him shooting threes is not a thing he's good at. And I just want guys, particularly complimentary guys to do what they do best. But does Nurk see himself as a complimentary? No, no. Nurk's a star. Um, or, or Nurk is, I, I think earnestly Nurk sees himself as the second best player on the team. Oh, I think he does too. Yeah. And to some extent to do what Nurk has done to make the NBA, to sign $150 million worth of contracts, all of that stuff, you have to believe you're that good. Like yeah. you, you, there's a level of confidence that is just required to do the job. Uh, but you were talking about sort of like this, like deep self-awareness from a, a just turned 20 year old. Nurk's like 27. <laughs> he does not possess that same <laughs> deep level of self-awareness. Um, yeah. He possesses a deep level of self-confidence and it's, it's oh, worked yeah. out for him. Uh, d- different strokes, different folks, et cetera. 
Okay, I got a couple other over-unders for you. Shaden Sharp, over-under 34 and a half games this season. Under. Under, okay. Unless the season goes totally sideways and it's right. another tanking year and they're like rebuilding. I just, I don't see it. So I had this first when I wrote it down as 40 and a half. And I was like, well, under, everyone's going under on 40 and a half. So I, I moved it down to 34 and a half. What's a line that you would be like, is 25 and a half? Would you take the over? Somewhere between 25 and 30 might be where I would put it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe next time I do this, I'm going to write it down on my sheet. I'll say 28 and a half is where we're uh-huh. going to get, is where we're getting action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we, we talked about this in an earlier episode, but like, it's hard for Shane Sharp to find real minutes unless the Blazers say we have to get him real minutes. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think 30, I think he could conceivably play more than half the games, but it seems really unlikely. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Next one for you over under 17 and a half points for Jeremy Grant. Uh, just over. I think he's going to get to 18. 18. What does Jeremy Grant do on offense? Like, is he going to be a pick and roll guy with Dame or is he going to be a spacer? Like, how do you see him fitting just like exit, like functionally in the offense? I think him being a pick and roll guy with Dame is probably where he'd be the most effective, but yeah, I I, too early. Yeah. I wonder if he shares the court with Nurk so much, if he gets relegated to like the second side or in the corner or, or they have to run stuff for Jeremy to get him going. Um, because if Nurk's on the court, it's weird to run pick and rolls where he's not involved. He's the great screener. He's a great playmaker. Um, that's Grant's like actual basketball role is really fascinating to me. Like, how do they get, how do they maximize what he does? Because the way the Pistons did it is they let him shoot a lot of pull up 19 footers. And I don't think that's going to be what he's doing. Yeah. You either. hope not. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I think the idea is that they're going to get him a lot better looks yeah. than maybe he had in Detroit. Do you think he's like a higher volume three-point shooter than he's been in the past? Uh, well, what, what, what is his, what, how many attempts did he have? He was at like four and some change, but that was with some off the dribble stuff. I think he's going to stay around there probably. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a safe bet. I, I'm kind of fascinated by him because I'm with you. Like I like him as, I think he's like really highly functional in that role. Uh-huh. Uh, Last year, he shot five and a half attempts per game. But on those OKC and Denver teams, he was under four. Um, so, yeah, I think four is about right, right? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I wonder if he just converts some of his, what I'm asking is converts some of his twos into threes. And then it's like, so now he's taken two less twos a game, but two more threes, and he's taken six and a half or whatever it might be. Nazir Little over under 18 and one half minutes. Over. I think he gets to 20. What, uh, what roles do you think he plays? Like what is he the straight up just small forward or where else could Nas like fit in? Where does he sneak in for more minutes? I think he'll mostly play the three, but they are so thin there at that position that I think he'll end up getting a lot of minutes that way. I mean, obviously he can play the four, he can play the four in some smaller lineups, but yeah, I think it's mostly going to be the three. Yeah, I think you might have to play the four because if you want to get Josh Hart on the court with the two starting guards, that might be some space yeah. there. If you know, if you want to play GP and the two guards, or GP and Josh Hart and Ant, uh, a second unit could include him at that power forward. Like I think he plays some minutes at the four. Um, I think ideally you would try to find Nas some minutes at the two, right? Like to go big. It's just they don't have 
they don't really have a path. Where do you slot that in? Because you have Gary Payton and you have Hart and like. Right. It's hard to figure. It's, it's one of the hardest things about this team is that it's hard to get all of their good defenders on the court at the same time. Uh I don't know what they do about that. Uh, Before I ask you an over under, are you concerned about the Dame Ant backcourt defensively? Just on that same note. I mean, yeah, like you have to be, <laughs> but the guys around them actually make sense though, is the difference right. between that and previous years of that same kind of team construct. Yeah, I, I agreed. And I think if you think that Nas and Jeremy Grant can cover for that, it makes it's better. You know, when they had longer wings, they were pretty effective with two small guards. Yeah. Um, and, and that same year they did win the summer league championship. So you know how this goes. You know who uh, the 2018 Summer League MVP was? Uh, who? Josh Hart. So he's got good vibes. That's right. Yeah, because he was still on the Lakers at the time. Yeah, and he kind of like asked to play Summer League, even though he was like, shouldn't probably shouldn't have been there. And then he was like the best player in Vegas. Did you see you? Uh, did you, you saw the rings that they got this year, right? Yeah, like, pretty sick. The Blazers going to get like retroactive, like is Josh Hart going to retroactively get a Summer League ring? No. Did you see? Did you see uh, so the Bulls won the Summer League Championship in 2016. Mm-hmm. So did you see when Malika first posted the picture on her Instagram of like the Summer League ring to debut it? And oh, Bobby no. Portis commented on it and was like, I still need my 2016 championship. <laughs> For a while, they hung like a Sacramento Kings Summer League Championship banner that was a kind of a joke in the gym the blazers and the kings are like the lakers and celtics of summer league because they're the only two franchises that have won more than one summer league championship elite elite team in vegas you send this group to vegas they're gonna win and they're gonna talk smack trenna wofford loved being a summer league champion that was probably the the best part of of summer league was how much trenna wofford enjoyed winning summer league are those guys gonna be wearing because back like i was still covering the bulls when they won their summer league championship and then like the next season, whenever Fred Hoiberg wanted to like make a point of showing that he actually did have authority as a coach, he would wear his victory in Vegas t-shirt as like a warm-up after practice. It's, so it's, I wonder, like, is like is Chauncey gonna come over to talk to us to in like, the practice facility wearing like his summer league champions t-shirt? Yeah, Steve Hetzel is gonna be out there and he's gonna be like, show some put some respect on my put name. Put some respect on Steve Hetzel's name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Coach Hetz, baby. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action whatever that might be you're going to find it whether that's the end of the major league baseball season whether that is soccer here in north america with the mls and nwsl whether that's soccer abroad as the european leagues start kicking up again or if it's golf or if it's tennis or if it's the combat sports you're going to find action plus you're going to find news and notes to make you a smarter better so go to betonline.net take advantage today that's bet online where the game starts all right Here's the rest of my conversation with Sean as we keep on playing our over-under games. Okay, I got some more over-unders for you. Thanks for indulging me in that okay. sidetrack. Over-under, 24 and a half minutes a game for Gary Payton II. I'm going to go slightly under just because I think there's so many guys that you have, have to try to get minutes to at those spots. It's kind of crowded. Yeah, it's like he plays big. Right, like he—that's what they're saying. He plays big, and that's true. He does play big, and he I does. Think, but also, he's not. <laughs> right, he's not big. He's not big, and he functionally, I think he can play center on offense because he's a good screener and a good cutter. Uh-huh. But the other end of the floor, he kind of 
the, to get the most out of him, he needs to guard guards. Like he needs, he can guard wings a little bit. Right. But like to get the most out of him, you're putting him on Kyrie Irving or whatever. Like you're putting him on elite point guards, Jamal Murray, whatever, whoever it might be in the West. Um, I was going to say Chris Paul, but you just put Dame on him and figure it out. Um, <laughs> he'll have to guard Devin Booker in those games. So yeah, it's like, does Gary Payton play half the game is, is an interesting question to me because he helps and he checks some boxes that they need help with. But when you make that decision, what happens with Ant's minutes? What happens with Josh Hart's minutes? Like it just, it, it goes down the line. Um, how small can they go? Can they play four guards again out of uh, spite to their GM? Like they did briefly in, in Cleveland last year. I think the four guards that they could play make a lot more sense together than the four guards that they were playing last time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You can play Dame and Hart and GP two, and it makes a lot more sense than Dame, CJ, Ant, Norm. I, I totally agree. Totally agree so, because Hart is a willing passer and a good and a good rim guy. Uh, although it is a false narrative because Dame is not small for a point guard. He's not small for a point guard. Fentress, why did you ask that question? It's true. Um, yeah, he's just he's slightly undersized for a point guard. That's all. Um, he, he's pretty it's a false strong. narrative. That, it's a false narrative that Dane gets frustrated with you talking about. <laughs> okay, uh, we could probably do a lot of these. We could play a lot of these hits. Uh, over under thirty six percent three point shooting for Josh Hart for context. He is a career thirty four point seven three point shooter, and last year with the Blazers, he shot thirty seven percent. I'll go under. I don't think there's going to be like a huge spike. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, he was so good in his 13 games with the Blazers last year. He was nuts. He got that Barack Obama game that 44, and then they were just like, nope, you're done. You, <laughs> We got a tank. Literally, he scored 44. He could have had 50, like in that game. He just, um, he didn't get enough. He didn't get, like, if they had force fed uh-huh. him down the stretch, he could have had a 50. And, I, like, you could just see, it was like, well, that's the end of Josh Hart's time. <laughs> it's like... My buddy, my buddy, Sopan Deb, who mm-hmm. writes for the New York Times, had the best tweet after the Josh Hart uh, quote about getting to Barack Obama. Yeah. He said that Josh Hart's career average is the John Tyler. <laughs> Which is like 14? 10. 10. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, shows you, I'm a U.S. history major in college, shows you how much I learned. Um Okay, two more, two more. You ready for these? Yeah. Over, under, actually I have three more, I lied. Over, under, 0.5 starts for Jabari Walker. Over. Over. Someone will get get injured, they'll plug him in. Yeah, and it's sometimes easier to start guys than bring them off the bench. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think... Yeah, if uh, we, Sean and I in a previous episode talked a bunch about Jabari and how he, he can fit, uh, go listen to that. It's in your feeds right before this one. Over, under, two and a half trades during this season. Under. Over, under, one and a half trades this season. Uh, over? Yeah, that's how I think, I think too. Be, I think there will be two. Me too, because they're, they're, to, they're going to trade someone. And that someone's probably going to be the aforementioned Josh Hart, but they're going to make a trade. Yeah, it's I, and then they'll like, they'll make one trade where it's like you actually trade one of your rotation guys for another rotation guy. And then they'll do one like the, you know, the Utah one where like they just move some salary and some picks around. Or whatever. Yeah. Reroute. It's like, a, it's like an ancillary 
thing. Yeah. Where they reroute someone because they're like, hey, we're not going to play Nikhil Alexander-Walker anyways, and we can get a second-round pick for free out of it. Let's just do yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I think I think two is the number. There's no chance that they finish the season with the team that opens training camp, right? Like, No, I yeah. don't think so. I guess there's, there's like a non-zero chance, but it's really low. It's I would re- be shocked. Yeah, I mean, they've openly, like even without like doing behind-the-scenes stuff and talking about who, what you've heard, like – what we've heard publicly is Joe Cronin say we have to get still have to get better. He's We're saying not they're yet. not good enough. I mean, I think he's acknowledged that like there's only so much they still can do. I think really the biggest thing they have left to use is the Robert Covington trade exception, which is about like six million. Yeah. Which they could use if they needed to. I don't see an obvious target for it, but that's something they could use. But for the most part, like they can't really, they're so close to the hard cap right now that they right. can't really do anything without giving up, you know, whether it be a Josh Hart or a Nasir Little or one of those guys. And I think they want to see how all of those guys fit together before, you know, there's, you know, we're talking about all of these guys fighting for these minutes. At some point, there's going to be a crunch and somebody's going to be the odd man out. And so yeah, I think you're going to see one of those guys get moved. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe closer to the deadline. Yeah. And if they sign Nasir Little to an extension, then it won't it, be him. It's Josh Hart. <laughs> like, uh, so, so it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Hart is obviously the most likely to be traded because good. I mean, that's yeah. um, even if he did average the John Tyler, like he's good. Um, he's, <laughs> he could play like he's a useful he could, player. He could help any good team in the league, any good he's team, in the league, guys, which you plug him onto any team and he'll find a way to get, to get minutes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay. My last over under for you over under seventh in the West over over yeah. what so you think that's eighth or the other way no no wait 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 so what are yeah, we yeah yeah let me ask that let me ask that differently uh better seed or worse worse seed than seventh in the west better better where do you think they're gonna where do you have them slotted out around six around six so right at that range right yeah. okay but i think they're like I think Memphis is going to take a step back because they lost Slobo and uh, Melton and they're not going to have Jackson for most of the year. I think Dallas definitely got worse. Yeah, they're worse, for sure. For sure, they're Uh, worse. Like, okay, so to me, the four teams that are, like, clearly, like, no question better talent-wise are Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, Clippers, assuming full health. 100%. That's my four teams that are definitely better. And then I think the next three teams, I kind of have Portland, New Orleans, and uh, Minnesota kind of in that same tier together as like those are those those are the next three in some order. And I think by virtue of having Dame, having the best player on any one of those teams, I think that would give Portland the edge there. But I think I think they'll I think they'll avoid the play in, assuming you know reasonable amount of health. Yeah, I mean, every all of these predictions, you got to assume. I'll say this. I'm not like a gambler. You know, if you want to talk about over-unders, that 40.5 line that like Vegas put out, that's like the easiest lock in the world. Yeah, that was actually the sponsor of this podcast, betonline.net. They put it out. Some of the the Vegas ones also had had that. Did they? Like, I think like MGM or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, only only ever do any of your sports betting on the company that is sponsoring uh, Locked on Glaciers. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, that's, that's like, it's not just that one book. It's the conventional wisdom was they were, their over under was like at 40 and a half. And I think that's like the easiest over in the world. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I don't think, 
like, I don't think this team's gonna be super good. Like, I don't, I don't see them as a 50 win team. That's a really no. good, really good season is 50 wins. But if they won 47, I don't think it would shock no. me. Yeah. Dame, just Dame by yourself. Like he's still such a, even, you know, assuming that what we were talking about earlier, Mike is right. And he gets back to some semblance of what he was before he had this ab surgery. He's such a floor raiser. A healthy Damian Lillard is like 43 wins. Yeah, I, I've been saying 39. Like, just by virtue of having yeah. Dame on the roster, 39 wins. You're going to win half, basically half your games if you have Dame and any other NBA players on the team. Yeah. Um, the only time it really hasn't worked out is when uh, they didn't have any, when their only other power forward in the roster was Anthony Tolliver, and that Dame dragged them to the playoffs because he's so darn good in the bubble. Well, they and, signed Mello because of that. Whole thing. 100%. They had to sign Mello. Exactly. Um, uh, a Dame choice, by the way. Um, and, uh, and then last year when it just, the vibes were so bad all the way around and his health was so bad that they had to pull the plug. Pretty much every other year, they have been 500 or better and sometimes much better. Um, yeah, Dame is, Dame is, like you said, a absolute floor raiser. So I think I have them at like seven, eight, nine range, but if six doesn't surprise me um, at all. Uh, I'm probably higher on Dallas and lower on New Orleans than you are. But, um, you know, that's, Again, that might be a game or two separating those two teams. Yeah. So they're going to be right in the range. I'm also terrible at predictions. Yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I got you on wax at the end of this, at the end of a long record with me. So, uh, so you could <laughs> get it at your, your sharpest. Sean, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? So go to the Rose Garden Report. So it's rosegardenreport.beehive, B-E-E-H-I-I-V.com. There are, you know, you can sign up for a free subscription, which, you know, you get some of the stuff that I'm writing. I would encourage you to sign up for a paid subscription because I put some stuff behind the paywall that I think is worth your time. If you're a Blazer fan and you want kind of in-depth coverage from someone who, you know, is there every day and is going to practices and stuff. I feel, I feel like right now with, you know, the, if you look at like the Blazers coverage uh, landscape, there's was kind of a hole for this type of thing that I am kind of trying Absolutely. to fill. Absolutely. And there's also a podcast, which is also called Rose Garden Report. That's free. You can get that just Apple, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Yeah, check them out. Uh, I will link that in uh, the, the episode description for this episode. Uh, if you are listening now, Sean was on all week. Uh, I, I am out of town as you were listening to this. And this is, uh, you. You, if you've been listening, you know, Sean's been on all week. So uh, if you missed any of them, if you're just hopping on now, Sean and I talked a whole bunch, a couple other episodes that are waiting in your feed, or if you're a YouTube watcher, they're waiting, you know, just right in the, right in the playlist for you. So go check those out. Sean, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate you. Always good to talk to you, Mike. I'll see you at, uh, I'm assuming I'll see you at media day training camp. Uh, we'll st- <laughs> no, no promises. <laughs> I'll see you at games. At the- yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Dear yeah. listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your friends about the Rose Garden Report and then come back for more shows next week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.